Curious. You would make an excellent Cephalon, Tenno. Welcome to Cephalon Squared, a Warframe community and podcast. Find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com. Now, here are your Cephalons, Greg and Lucas. G'day Cephalon Collective and welcome to episode 67 of Cephalon Squared. I'm your host, Cephalon Greg, joined by Cephalon Lucas. How you doing, sir? Sore and tired. It's been a busy, busy day, but otherwise, good. Sore and tired. Yep. <sighs> Such is the life of a busy person doing housework. <laughs> yep, all <laughs> damn day. It's got to be done sometimes, doesn't it? And sometimes it really has to be done. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. I think that'll be me next weekend. Oh, My mum wants me to frickin' paint her hallway. <laughs> yeah, love painting so much. Anyway, let's go on to much brighter topic topics, huh? Let's move on over to the weather cast. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. Weather rambles. How's the weather up north? Well, the weather here in Ipswich at the moment is 22 degrees Celsius with a 61% humidity. Very nice. Very nice. 72 degrees Fahrenheit for you Fahrenheit users. That's quite comfortable, really. Yeah, there's a nice breeze coming through. I had my window open before and it was cooling me down quite nicely. Very nice. It, was, it wasn't too bad a day here in Melbourne. I think it was about 20 degrees, but now it's only 15, 59 degrees Fahrenheit with a 78% humidity. So it still feels kind of warm, but it's not. <laughs> it's pretending to be warm, but I guess it's also kind of comfortable. So that's the weather in Australia. Yay. Cool. What do we get up to? In, we did actually play some Warframe this week. Maybe we last night. We did. A Halloween event. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you, want, do you want to just have like a quick little um, impressions on it? What's your impressions? My, my impressions? I think it was, it was pretty... I liked the mechanics. It's certainly not something that um, we've had in, I feel like we haven't really had anything like this in game to date. Um, it was a proper horde mode. Yeah, I was going to disagree and say, oh, but it's the, it's the same mechanics as, as from Nightwave. But you're right, it wasn't the Nightwave boss. It was a proper horde, it's a proper horde, wave, horde mode. Yeah. A so horde mode with, uh, with immortal mechanics. Yeah. So it does it does borrow some of the mechanics, but it does some different things. And it is interesting and it is good. It's not something I see myself wanting to repeat a lot. No, nah, it's good for like a, a bit of a shape up from time to time. On Actually, yeah. you know what? It would be fantastic if they replaced the derelict survival with this. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Or if they threw it into a uh, sortie. Yeah. That could yeah. be a little bit different. Because, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good, and it's not something you'd want to do all the time, but it would be something to uh, good to jump in at any time, just to kind of shake things up a bit. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's different. The, uh, the three or four times you have to go through it to complete the tactical alert was probably enough for me. 
I did find that because it's designed to be, you're supposed to be in the dark and you're supposed to carry around the lantern to brighten up your area, it was a little bit too dark outside of the, the lit area. Yeah. So it was easy to get lost and stuck in places and just not see things. It was a little bit frustrating at times, but they're just easy tweaks to fix. It was pretty good. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. And, and that uh, bad ephemera is very nice. Mm. Bad ephemera, umbral former. Not umbral. Um, the other one. Aura. Aura former. Aura former. It was an aura former, wasn't it? Not an umbral. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but still, an aura form is a pretty good, pretty good reward. So there's, there's, I thought it was worthwhile doing, uh, yeah. and a little bit fun, a little bit different. What did we get up to on Friday night on PS4? I think Friday PS4 Friday night was just uh, leveling stuff. I can't even remember. It was just four, a bunch of survival. Yeah, I think you're right. It was a little bit dull because we were looking forward to this because we were hoping it would start before, but it didn't. Yeah. Sad oh, well. Panda. Sad panda. You done anything else this week? Not really. Haven't really had much of a chance to do any proper gaming. Ooh. For those Ooh. that are not a part of our Discord or are not following me on Twitter, uh, my logo is now finished. Yes, it is. And it is glorious. Spectacular. Yes. So that's the thing that happened this week. It is. I like it. It is very nice, and people should check it out and pay you dues in terms of good show, sir. Stuff like that. I did play The Outer Worlds this week, which is a fantastic game. Actually, I played two games this week. One's called Mega Aquarium, which is a aquarium building sim. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's it's you know it's like theme park and all those kind of games. I enjoyed it, and it's cheap. If you like those kind of games, I reckon, I reckon you should get it. And the other one was The Outer Worlds. Uh, I really don't like the Fallout series, but it's free in Xbox Game Pass, so I thought, fuck it, I'll give it a shot. And it's amazing. It really is. It's everything I want um, Starfield to be when it finally releases for from Bethesda, as long as they don't keep screwing themselves over. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, Outer Worlds. If you if you've been on the fence about whether you want to try it, you should. And this comes from someone who hates the Fallout games and yet still plays them and then remembers that he hates them. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That's me. Alrighty. So let's head on into the news because the discussion this week is going to be a beefy one. Just like last week. <laughs> yeah, yes, we're going to be expanding on last week, really. So this week, there's only a couple of little things. First up, the Nightwave Intermission returned. Yay! On all platforms. Go out, get it done. There's 30 ranks again, and you get the chance to prestige an additional 30 times. So I've got a feeling it will be here for a while. Yeah, definitely definitely gives that impression off. Yeah, and it's got all of the, I think, all of the rewards that came with Wolf of Saturn 6, so if you didn't get them the first time around, now's a good chance. Yes, indeed. Primetime this week covered Update 26 in a very fair amount of details, so it's worth watching, um, but we will also be discussing this uh, further tonight. Wink, wink. And of course, the Hallowed Flame Tactical Alert is now live on all platforms. Go get that Bat Ephemera or the Nabarus Ephemera or whatever the hell they want to call it. Go get it. We just talked about it. Moving on. Yep. Details for what was shown off on Primetime have been shared to the forums. And again, we'll be going over this shortly. 
Indeed, in, in great detail. So, whew. But here's what people have been waiting for. So we've had a couple of competitions running for the month of October, and both of them terminated yesterday. So dun, we dun, have dun. a bunch of winners. So first up, the Atlas Prime winner. So the winner who wins, the winner who wins, is Sherlock Shirase. We have your contact details. We'll reach out this week. We need to know your platform and your in-game name on that platform so that DE can assign the Atlas Prime access pack to your account. So congratulations, Sherlock. Congratulations. And have fun with that Atlas Prime. Indeed. I had fun with him last night. It was good. That's good. And the other contest, the Captura Defiance calendar contest... We have our three winners decided. It was a a tough one. There was a a lot of good entries. They really were. They really, really were. It was hard this week. There were four or five that were top tier, and it was hard to choose. So if you didn't win, we apologize. But remember, there is one more chance next month. Who are the winners, Lucas? The winners are... La Dutch Master, Wolfie Terpiki... And Rathok. So I will reach out to all three of you in the manner in which you reached out to me and let you know that you won. Make sure we get your uh, in-game name and all that jazz right, and you will be assigned your 300 Platinum, and we will be holding on to those picks and adding them to the calendar towards the end of the year. I really need to figure out how to make a calendar. (laughs) (laughs) And... We'll share your images, of course, on all of our socials this week sometime. Yes, and then next month we will have the third and final contest, so look forward to that. Indeed. So just a couple of weeks and we'll announce that one. And in the meantime, like I said, I really need to find out how to make calendars. Anyone knows how to do it cheap and efficiently and effectively, let me know. And internationally, more importantly. All right. Are we ready to discuss the discussion? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Okay, let's discuss the shit out of it, Lucas. All right, let's do that. Well, first off, (laughs) I want to just point out to everybody who doesn't know, who've been living under a rock, whatever, the update 26 has been named The Old Blood. Yes, it has. Damn. I like that name. It's not new blood. It's old blood. It's old blood. And for a little bit of a lore tidbit, refers to Coover. Anyway, um, we are talking about Primetime 266, in which Megan and Rebecca went over the changes and additions coming with the old blood. Megan went over seven changes, and Rebecca went over seven additions. So I think they're all numbered on the thing. So let's uh, go through them, Lucas. Hopefully we won't have to read them all out. So if you don't mind, if you look at Section 2 while I do Section 1, just so you can see how you can can do that. Summarize. <laughs> All right. So the first change that Megan went over was inbox gift and melee alerts. So once this update launches, there will be a whole bunch of goodies when you log into Warframe. So they are making a bunch of changes and they know that people get upset about that because they've put a lot of former and time and effort into their builds. So they're giving in away a whole bunch of things. So they're giving away three former. A seven-day affinity booster, because you're going to probably be re-leveling stuff. And 
a legendary core. We mentioned this last week, but this is now confirmed. You will get these three free items. Well, five, because you're getting three former. <laughs> until December 31st. So you've got until the end of the year to log in. It's not seven days. That's even better. You've got plenty of time. Do not miss out. Make sure you log into Warframe after the Old Blood launches. And there will also be three alerts over that same weekend to give you former. So they'll give you more former. They'll be melee only alerts. So you can play around with the new melee system uh, and you'll be able to get shitloads of new former, uh, which is fantastic because we're going to need it. Uh, they also mentioned. They mentioned that these alerts will be going ahead regardless of whether or not the update goes next week. So that was a kind of strange thing to say because they're melee-only alerts. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think about mm. that until just now, but hopefully the update will launch. <laughs> yes. Good job, Dean. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe I misheard them. I don't know. Now I'm feeling confused. But that's just me. I'm always confused. Yay! Welcome to Yay. my world. <laughs> Next up, there were mentions of changes to melee, uh, starting off with their, the fact that they are not touching melee riven dispositions this time around until they get updated data. Uh, so that is awesome. You don't have to stress about that just yet. All Riven challenges related to channeling are going to be changed to reflecting uh, the combo counter. Um, so awesome stuff there. Abilities that use combo counter, such as Ash, Atlas, etc., will scale at 25% of their former values to make up for the ease of building a much higher combo counter multiplier. Still pending on those um, numbers for balance purposes. All melee weapons will receive updated slam effects, so that is awesome. Channeling effects on prime armor will uh, appear when your combo counter reaches two. Now, as you might remember, last week we spoke about some of the changes to mods, so we have got some confirmation. The condition overload uh, is going to be giving a 120% damage increase per stack of the um, of the status proc on the enemy. So that is a huge boost, and it's basically going to be worth six of the uh, the old um, stacks. So that's yeah, cool. That's massive. Covert Lethality is remaining as a dagger mod and now with a plus 16 initial combo and 100% finisher damage. Also, that's still under review, so keep that in mind. Killing Blow increases heavy attack damage and decreases the wind-up time for heavy attacks, so that is going to be definitely something you want to look towards. That could be useful. And True Punishment adds 40% critical chance, but reduces the chance to add to the combo counter by negative 10%. So more crit for less chance at the combo counter. This update will also see changes to the following weapons, arcane and focus school buffs. Uh, Xenaric gets Enemite um, has been changed to provide 60% combo efficiency instead of its channeling efficiency. The Cyanoid, Helia Core, Furax Wraith, and Fraggle Prime all receive bonus initial combo count to offset the boosted channeling damage they had previously. Uh, Exodia Triumph uh, Arcanes have been changed to plus 50% chance to increase the combo counter on hit, and Exodia Valor Arcanes have been changed to plus 200 percent chance to increase combo count when hitting a lifted enemy. And finally, Exodia Brave Arcanes now grant plus five energy generation when killing an enemy with a heavy attack, and this can stack up to three times. 
Ah, shit. And there's still more. (laughs) There's more than I thought. Exalted weapons. (laughs) Exalted weapons. Using the swap to melee mode key will now let your exalted melee experience not be impacted by a quick swap to other weapons on aim glide. All exalted abilities are getting the new combo behaviors, plus new stats, blocking angles, etc. And final numbers to come in the update notes. Okay. I think it was a big one. It was. (laughs) Now, the next one, number four, is also massive. So maybe we'll see. What about number three? You missed number three. Number three is not massive, so no. I'm just I'm just preparing you because you just oh, did a massive me. one, and okay. your next one is also a massive one, but yeah. we'll split it up. Anyway, number three, Catch Moon. If you don't know by now, you've been sleeping under a rock, Catch Moon is going to be nerfed. Pablo made a hilarious video about why it needs to be nerfed, and it kind of makes sense when more than 50% of MR27s are using Catch Moon and nothing else, and the rest of the 102 or whatever secondary weapons are spread out across the remaining 50%. And when you consider that number two, the second most used weapon, was only 5%, those numbers get much smaller from there on out. So obviously Catch Moon is the only option for secondaries, and they want to change that, so they're going to decrease the damage damage falloff from 100 to 10, which is massive. They're also going to de- decrease the range of projectile from 40 meters to 20 meters and the fall off range from 20 to 30 meters uh, and 18 to 16 meters. So basically what they're going to do is turn it more into a Bronco-like weapon, but still have the same damage dealing capability just within a closer range. So mm. Mm. we'll see how it works when it, when, it ha- when it happens, but a lot of people are disappointed. Yes. Yeah. Understandably. Uh, they did also mention, um, going around this fact, that because the catchment is very much like the Arc Plasma and the Fullman, we may end up seeing changes and uh, debuffs, nerfs to those weapons also. Bow, bow, bow. But we'll see. All right. Next, please. Next one. Okay. The changes to Ember. So we went over them last week, but there's been some more changes. So this is this is cool. This is there's some definitely some interesting stuff here. Starting off with Fireball, it fundamentally is the same ability, but now has a tap for quick fire, hold to charge up for a greater impact. Um, enemies already afflicted by any heat status effect will now take additional damage. Uh, the fireball casting has a combo, so if you use it multiple times rapidly, it just gets That's stronger. Awesome. Now, they did say that uh, with everything putting into account on Ember, they ended up hitting for like 13k damage for, for a single fireball. Damn! Pretty good numbers. <laughs> Damn! First on a first move. ability. Shit. Diddly diddly. Do yeah. we want to do one section each? Yeah, why not? Let's do that. Immolation, which is replacing Accelerant. So when cast, Ember will immolate herself with protective fire armor. So she just lights herself on fire and that armor protects her. Yay! There will be a unique UI indicator that shows you, and it looks like a thermometer. So the higher the heat, the more damage resistance you get, up to a cap of 90%, and the more effective her other abilities become. Now, they they were going to have all sorts of 
different things that they had thought of doing, but they decided to change it a little bit. So the Immolation Melder will meet it, will build slowly at first, using her Fireball or Inferno, which is her fourth ability, will cause it to build faster. Um, they were thinking of that enemies on fire would attribute to building emulation meter, but it doesn't seem effective because it just heats up way too quickly. Uh, so if it heats up to maximum, which is 90%, Amber will head into an overheat mode, which will start draining energy per second the longer you stay in an overheated state. So I think that's a better way of doing things rather than just overheating you and using up all your energy, which is what they were originally thinking of doing. Um, this way, you're slowly going to deplete energy, uh, but it will leave you vulnerable if you don't do anything about it. So, prevent this from happening. Use your third ability, Fire Blast, to expel some of that heat meter. Or turn it off. Yes, 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 yes. Speaking of Fire Blast, casting time has been greatly reduced, and the ability now strips armor from nearby enemies. The amount of armor removed scaling in effectiveness based on current immolation levels. So the higher your immolation, the higher the uh, effectiveness of armor stripping. On cast, this immediately will reduce your immolation level up by up to half. Which is good, I think. Let you do it more than once. Yes. Okay, Inferno is replacing World on Fire. So when you cast it, all enemies within sight are struck by a big-ass comet. Boom! It will light each target in a personal ring of fire. A ring of fire. Inferno costs energy per target in sight with the cost capped at 10 targets. I think that's an interesting way of charging, in inverted commas, energy for an ability. So, yeah, depends on the number of uh, enemies it hits. If an enemy ignited by Inferno comes in contact with another unit, it, that fire will spread. So it does give you some of the capabilities that World on Fire used to give but it's not exactly the same. Again, the damage of the heat AoE scales with the immolation level. One thing we didn't mention with Fire Blast, last week we said when we were talking about Fire Blast that it didn't leave a ring of fire. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And if you fire through that ring of fire, your um, bullets will get heat damage. The ring of fire. Anyway. Nice, nice, nice. Um, actually watching the primetime, I think Megan's build for Ember had uh, the cost at seven energy per target. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, so that's, what, 70, 70 energy for 10 enemies. That's cheap as. Yeah, that's pretty good. A little too cheap. It's pretty maybe. good. Quite possibly, <laughs> but that could have just been because of her build for uh, efficiency. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and next up, we have the augment changes. Now, these are hefty. Holy damn, I'm actually possibly going to be doing a full four um, augment build for my Ember. But uh, we'll see how that goes. So first off, um, the Fireball augment is basically staying the same. There's no changes there. Immolation will get Flash Accelerant, which is now being turned into Immolated Radiance. And allies within Affinity range will receive 50% of Immolation's damage reduction. This means anyone within 50 meters will receive half of that uh, that damage reduction. So That's if awesome. Ember is at 90%, that means anyone in 50 meters gets 45% damage reduction. Tanky spread. Awesome. Fire Blast gets Fire Fright, and it's now, uh, now cauterized, cauterizing Blast. That was a mouthful. Each enemy hit 
heals Ember by 25 to 50 health based on the level of the immolation meter. So she can heal herself. That's awesome. Not only is she tanky, but she can heal. That is, that's, yeah, pretty insane. And finally, Inferno is getting Firequake, which is now going to be exothermic. And enemies killed by Inferno have a 15% chance to drop an energy orb. Wow. Damn, they are all good. They are awesome. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. That's very cool. All right, last up is the heat status proc changes. As we discussed last week, there was a decision to change the way heat status works, and it now reduces armor in increments over time. So uh, as you apply the status proc multiple times, it will increase the heat damage, of course, which deals more damage per tick as the flames increase. So basically, instead of stripping armor in the way that corrosive does, it strips it over time. Which is interesting. That's that's cool. That's actually really really cool. It is a um, a different option. Finally, you yeah. Don't have to just use corrosive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now we're up to number five, and this one is changes to Titania because she's getting her deluxe skin coming up. Uh, Titania's cast animations are now an upper body animation only, except for Razorwing. So this means that any uh, move cancelling abilities that she had prior pretty much don't exist it's um it basically cuts down the cast time and means you can cast on the run so that is a very very uh useful change coming cast on the run sorry (laughs) the thorns tribute now has damage reflected and reduced to help our little bug uh help our little bug feel a little less squishy so that is cool bugs uh the the razor flies get a bit of uh assistance Razorflies can now also pick up tributes, and Titania can spawn up to four more additional Razorflies if all tributes are active. That's one Razorfly per tribute. Enemies directly affected by Titania's Lantern will now have any damage they take dealt to them when the ability ends. That is so damn cool, and Titania can now transfer to the Operator during Razorwing. Yes, we saw that, and the little Operator was cute. Yeah, well, little, little I mean, titania. the little Titania yeah. was cute, flying around. All right, um, so if you, like many others, are still confused when you look at Titania because her abilities are just different, we'll be doing Titania in a few weeks, so stick around yes. for the mini. Yes, we're going to do it this week, but with these changes, it's probably a good idea to actually trial and uh, trial run it first. Exactly. So if it's not this week or next week, it'll probably be the week after, after we've had a chance to play around with Titania, but it's not far away. Yeah. Um, she can be hard to understand. It took me a long time. It took Lucas explaining her <laughs> for me to understand. And even now I'm like, oh shit, how does that work again? <laughs> anyway, anyway, moving on. So the next section are the Vorban reworks, of course. Uh, again, we'll do this in sections. It's not as long as Embers, but we'll... Do it in sections. Tesla Nervos. Nervos? Nervos? I don't know. It's the new name for Tesla grenades. So they're now called Nervos. I don't know. Instead of sticking to surfaces, these will roll around and follow you, which is super cool. When an enemy is in re- within range, they will latch onto them. 
and they'll start shocking them. But not just them, but they'll also shock enemies nearby. Each drone has a number of shock charges before it has to be replaced. So once it's shocked all its shocks, that feels right. It will probably disappear, I assume. It doesn't say here, but I imagine it will. And you can hold cast to summon multiple Nervos at once, which is cool. Pew, 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 pew. Yeah. Next up, we have Mine Layer. This still feels a bit lackluster to me. I agree. Um, all four of the mines have been replaced with new options. So first off, we have Tether Coil, as mentioned last week. Pulls a number of nearby enemies to wherever it sticks, rendering them immobile. Fletchlet Orb. Fletchet Orb? Fleshet. Is French. <laughs> Flechette. Uh, fires high-velocity nails in all directions, inflicting puncture mm. damage to any unlucky enough to be nearby. The vector pads lay down a walk pad, granting a boost of speed in a chosen direction, indicated by the arrow. Uh, players must be moving in the same direction as the pad to receive a boost, while enemies are That's affected funny. no matter which way they want to go. So that is cool, I guess. And finally, Overdrive will latch onto nearby allies or yourself and enhance your the damage of said person um, output for a period of time. So we'll all be leaving it on Overdriver. Yep. <laughs> I Yeah, I think they should have gotten rid of Mine Layer and given him a turret like everyone was asking for. But anyway. Yep. Shit happens. All right, his third ability is now called Photon Strike. It's not now, It's not called Orbital Strike. Whatever, same thing. Bastille has been moved to his fourth ability and is all sorts of stuff. So, this Photon Strike is a deployable beacon that marks a location on the map, and after a short countdown, it is struck by a big-ass laser. And yes, it does work indoors. Now, the last few notes are the augments. Did you want to do the augments? Ah, yes, I will do the augments. So, Repelling Bastille and Perpetual Vortex have been combined into one augment. Uh, Tesla Nervos now has Tesla Bank Augment. Uh, while I target has a Nervos attached, any damage is channeled into an 8-meter burst of electric damage on expiration. So that is freaking cool. I actually like that one. 8 meters is pretty good. Photon Strike now has Photon Repeater Augment. If Photon Strike hits at least 5 enemies, the next cast costs nothing. Yeah, I like that one. Um, that is really depends nice. Depends on whether or not how often you can hit five enemies, but that could be good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. The last change that Megan went over was... Shit, I lost my place. That's not what it was. It was the Zaloid Prelate boss fight. This boss fight that you should remember from uh, Nightwave Series 2 will now be moving permanently into the derelict. So you can buy a key blueprint from the market like you can for all of the other derelicts, and then you build the shit out of it, and you go and do this boss fight whenever the hell you want to. So if you did not manage to get the glaive, I forgot what it's called, then you can keep farming this boss until you get it. So that is pretty cool. I like that. It'll shake things up in the derelict at least. Something different. Yeah. And it's cheap to build. Indeed, which is also good. So, yay! yay. New boss. New permanent boss. That is awesome. Just what we like to see. So I guess now we go into the additions uh, well, that Reb covered. And starting off with the config slots. So as we've mentioned prior, the con uh, three config slots and three imperial slots will be added to... 
Apparel. Uh, for purchase. Apparel. Apparel. I don't know. Appearance? That word. Yeah, sure. That one. Or apparel. Yes. Initially, we were shown that the uh, price was going to be 20 platinum each. This has been reduced down to 10 platinum per item. So that is great. We love much cheaper stuff. Uh, you'll still have your ABC as you always have, but now you just get the option to purchase three additional ones. These will only be available to mastery rank 10 players. So you don't need, uh, so you do need progress before you have this option. And this is to avoid people accidentally spending early game platinum on uh, these slots. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yes. I also like the fact that they've dropped the price down because there's there'll be some people out there that want to have shitloads of customization slots for everything they've got, and 20 plat was overkill, I thought. Lucas doesn't want to have any, but you know I, I can think of a few that I would like to have, and I thought 20 was a little bit overkill, but 10, I'm happy with 10. The second edition, of course, is Grendel. We all know he's coming, but how do you get him? So, we mentioned last week that you will be getting keys from arbitrations. Now, they don't drop from arbitrations. They will actually be purchased from the arbitration store, or arbitration honors, as they call it. Um, I think they're 25... Shit, what's that stuff called that you get from Yeah, they're 25 Vitus Essence. That's the one Vitus... Oh, it says right there. They're 25 Vitus Essence each, which is kind of expensive-ish. But shit happens. Once you complete the key, you get the part. Uh, and the good thing is you can key share. So if you've got friends that haven't unlocked arbitrations, you can get all the keys and you can take them in. Or you might get the chassis key and your mate might get the new optics key and you can basically, rather than having to farm arbitrations until you get enough to buy each of the keys, you can help each other out. So... That is a good idea. Now, the Levarian, which, if you've forgotten, is like the in-game encyclopedia for all of the lore. This will give a hint as what type of hero Grendel was, and it'll explain the missions that you need to do. So, they will be different, and apparently it will be difficult. We'll see. Yes. Now, just keep in mind that recently they did do a massive uh, change for the arbitrations, and they kind of made Vitus Essence a bit easier to obtain, so... Ah, they did too, because it drops from the dudes now, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, that yes. That is good. That is good. Okay, next up, the Parazon. The the digital dagger that we've all been talking about. This is a new, new tool given to all Tenno of any level, and is now a part of the tutorial. It is an interactive tool with widespread use in the game, from basics like hacking and reviving allies, to deeper gameplay like decoding the means to assassinate your liches. Uh, it will have six mod slots, three will be Requiem and three will be Parazone. The Intruder mod has become a Parazone mod and they're adding 10 plus new mods in Spy Vaults in place of credits and endo. So there is more stuff to farm, ladies and gentlemen. Indeed, that is very cool. And here's one for you, RavenX99. In our Discord, you asked specifically, because you're the type of player that likes to use operators, um, will that mean that you can't use your operator to hack? No, it doesn't. You can still do so if you want to. Yes. So there you go. There's an answer for you. I'm not sure if you had it already, but that's just for you, buddy. All right, so you heard Lucas talking about Requiem mods. What are they? They're brand new mods. Now, I think last week we called them Immortal mods because that's what they were referring to them as, but now they're Requiem mods. 
There are eight new cryptic and invocative mods required for truly vanquishing or converting your Kuva Lich. Now, uh, as Lucas said, the Parazon will have three Requiem slots, and you'll need to find out which three mods need to go on. So assuming you can only have one mod per time, I think that comes out to something like 332 different permutations. So you won't be able to guess. Yeah. I mean, it would be even funnier if they decide that uh, some of the, the, the potential codes are double up mods. Yeah. And if you do, <laughs> if you do double up, then it's, it's even higher. So yep. <laughs> it, it just basically, I'm, I'm happy with that. I thought they were just going to have like four mods and like, you know, great. Eventually, yeah. you'll just be able to figure it out or guess it really quickly. But this, I don't think you'll be able to guess it. You'll have to actually figure it out. You might stumble across it here and there, but I like it. Yes. And that goes into talking about what comes next. Indeed. Requiem Relics. They are the new relics that specifically come from Kuva Siphons and Kuva Floods. Kuva Floods have a 100% chance at offering a Requiem Relic, while Kuva Siphons have a 30% chance. They hold the special Requiem mods and other rewards, such as Kuba, Amber Ayrton Stars, uh, Weapon Exilius Adapter Blueprints, so that is mm-hmm. really cool, as well as Riven Fragments. More on that a little bit later. Uh, actually, no, right here, which can be exchanged for a Riven Weekly from Paladino on the Iron Wake. Indeed. So that's really, really interesting. Clearly, as a result of this, the uh, Kuva Liches are only available for anyone who has done the War Within. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't done the War Within, you won't get Kuva Liches. Once you have, you will, and then you'll be able to go do Kuva Siphons, Kuva Floods, get your Requiem Relics, and then farm them for Requiem Mods. And considering you need to get eight Requiem Mods to make sure you've got all of them, eight different Requiem Mods, and there's all these other different things that come in Requiem Relics, there's going to be a bit of farming before you've actually got everything you need to deal with the, the, the Kuva Liches. So I'm pretty damn excited by this, to be honest. It's not going to be something that people are going to be able to finish in one day. Well, maybe it will, because some people are crazy. (laughs) All right. Uh, The next is, of course, Requiem Fishers. So once you've got the Requiem Relics, you can't just do them in any old Fisher. You have to do them in Tier 5, brand new Tier 5 Difficulty Fishers. These will be hard. These will be in the Kuva Fortress. That's the only way to unlock your Requiem Relics, and they have a starting enemy level of 60 to 70. So they're going to be similar to Arbitrations, I guess, in terms of the difficulty. And once you've... You'll have to go through them and crack your Relics. So you'll have to farm for Relics, do difficult missions to open the Relics, and hopefully get the stuff that you need. What do you think of just the Requiem piece, Lucas? What's your thoughts? Holy crap. Like, just the Requiem piece in general uh the relics the tier five fishes that is that's a pretty big addition it is that's a pretty damn big addition and of course that is tied right on in to point number seven the kuva liches and the kuva weapons uh-huh. so your kuva liches uh will have an influence massive influence on the origin system playing any influence nodes incur a reward tax so if you uh, if you go into a mission and pick up some nice mods or some nice resources, there is a pretty damn high chance at the end of it 
that those resources and mods could be stolen. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Mods can also be stolen. They're not, they didn't want to spoil anything too much about how to get a lich or how to defeat the lich. You'll have to learn that for yourself. Uh, and everything that they've talked about before, uh, prior in, to involve your Kuva lich journey, you can convert to your side or vanquished foe. So we all know that stuff. But the weapons, the weapons that they are launching with this are nice. So we have the Kuva Karak, the Kuva Quartak, the Kuva Ogres, Comb, Tonkor, and Dragoon as our primary weapons. Uh, there's also a brand new one. I can't remember which one it is on this list, but I think it's the Chakher. Chakher. Kuva Chakher. It's kind of like a sniper rifle looking thing. It's interesting. Then we have the Kuva Stubber. Oh, Dubber Stubber. Dubber Stubber. Uh, Kuva Seer, Kuva Kraken, and the Kuva Brack. Uh, there is no new additions to secondary weapons for this one, but we do have the Kuva Shield Egg. I think that's the melee weapon. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Yep. And the Kuva Ayanga, which is the new Arcwing Heavy Gun. Yeah. So there's an Arcwing Heavy Gun that comes from this as well, which is pretty damn cool. So if you come yes. up against the Lich that is Carrying the Arcwing heavy gun, that might be a tough battle. I, good. I imagine so. So I'm a little disappointed that there's only one weapon that they're starting off with for the melee weapons. little disappointed, but I guess... Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just a little bit disappointed, but they've got to start somewhere. Yeah. I mean, well, we got melee changes. We, we got melee changes happening. You know what? So. That's, prob that's probably what it is, to be honest. Yeah. That's probably what it is. They're waiting till the changes settle down, then they'll add some more stuff. So, I mean, we're all hoping for a Kuva Heck, a Kuva Ignis, a Kuva Atomos. There's a whole bunch of weapons we're all waiting for, but they are not. And the Kuva Croker. Yeah, the Croker, Javlock. So, oh, definitely. Kudavlock. Yeah, there's mm. all these weapons that we are hoping come, but they're not coming initially. But still, some of those weapons are pretty damn cool. Kudavcomb. Yes, yes. Uh, weapons will not be coming with slots, uh, and you will always get a custom version of your Lich weapon if you choose to vanquish. Uh, if you choose to convert, they get to keep their weapon, but you, they join you in battles from time to time wielding said weapon. So with the mention of the weapons not coming with slots, if you have no slots available... It will be in your foundry waiting for you to pick it up. Yeah, so you won't lose it. So lots of cool stuff. Lots, lots of cool stuff. I mean, we knew the Kuva Liches were going to be a big change to the game, but the, the whole idea of the Requiem stuff really shook things up for us. Oh, yeah. Um, and I was thinking about it all week, not all week, but here and there during the week, and... It's a it's a really good addition. You know, at first I was thinking, why would you create a whole new tier of relics just for these Requiem mods? It seems a bit overkill. But it's not really, because it gives you other things that are hard come by. It also means that the weapon Exilus Adapter Blueprint is also restricted only to players that are that have completed the War Within. So I think it's actually not a bad idea, and they can also add some other things here and there into that. Um, that also can restrict new things that they bring into the game to players that have at least dedicated enough time to get to War Within. Yeah. So, yeah. It's an interesting idea. The Riven Fragments is cool. Oh, yeah. Weekly Rivens. That, that's awesome. 
Um, I was actually saying to Greg the other night that one thing I feel Warframe needs more of is weekly objectives and not like your, your Nightwave stuff, proper weekly objectives. Like we've got at the moment, Ironton Sculpture Runs and Help Clem. Dull. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> we need, the, the game has never had something. And this is something that's really going to take you a full week to farm for, at least initially. Maybe eventually you'll have hundreds of Requiem mods. Definitely eventually you will, because that's just the way, the nature of the game. But initially it's going to take you ages to collect ribbon fragments. I reckon it's cool. Yeah. That's the only uh, one you final thing. Week. Yeah. Yeah, one per one per week. One final thing I want to throw in is that uh Reb actually mentioned that she got beaten by her Kuvalich. Yes. And its uh its influence on the origin system spread when it defeated her. Yeah, and it spread across two planets. Yeah. So I, I, I Reb is not a bad player by any means. She's been playing the game for since the beginning. And for her to get defeated by a Kuvalich, that's pretty pretty big in my books. So I've I've got a lot more hope for this than I originally did. Indeed. They might be more difficult than we were expecting them to be, which is great. That's what we want them to be. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm Hell excited. Yeah. Feel these nipples. <laughs> anyway. You don't have to, Lucas. You can if you want, though. So that's our discussion for this week. There's a hell of a lot of new information about what's coming with the old blood Really hope it does come this week because we're all so damned excited about it. <clears throat> yep. Bring it. The Hallowed Flame Tactical, uh, to be honest, was enough to carry me over the weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. I did enjoy it enough for the weekend, but it won't hold me out for any more time. <laughs> no, <laughs> it moving. probably won't carry us through the next week. <laughs> exactly. But, geez, I've got to do it on PS4, though. Yeah. That sucks. Let's move on into our beginner's topic so that while we still have time. Uh, Now, I was having a bit of a think about it this week, and I thought, you know what? Probably not many of our listeners are super, super new. I'm sure there are plenty of you out there that are very new to the game, but I think the majority of our listeners have been playing either for a long time or have just gotten addicted to it. So they've played enough of the game to get addicted. So maybe they don't need all of the super, super beginner tips. So I'm trying something a little bit different this week. It is still, in my opinion, a beginner topic, but it's something for a bit later in the game. So I've heard people talking about, when should I do Eidolon Hunts? How do I get into Eidolon Hunts? Who can help me with Eidolon Hunts? So my beginner topic for today is when you should start thinking about getting ready to hunt Eidolons on the plains of Eidolon. So, long story short, before you can be any, before you can be effective in an Eidolon hunting party, you really should finish the War Within. The War Within, without giving any any spoilers, is going to give you a couple of things that are going to help you in that battle with the Eidolon. So, in fact, the Second Dream, which is the 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 major story quest that comes before the wall within will give you some abilities and the wall within will give you some other ones the main thing you need out of this and this isn't a major spoiler is something called an amp which is a different kind of weapon so you need to have this and if you haven't finished the wall within you won't have one can you still help your friends on eidolon hunts yes yeah you can 
So there's a couple of things that I would recommend that you can do if you have not yet finished The War Within, but you'd like to help your friends with Eidolon Hunts. You probably are not going to be super, super effective in a Tridolon, but mark my words, Tridolons aren't that hard. And, you know, if Lucas and I can be completely carried on our PC accounts because we just don't have the right equipment by one guy, hat tip to Jellybean. Lies. Then, you know, <laughs> you <laughs> you can help you can help your friends uh, as well without even having finished the the war within. So things I recommend you have to do some Eidolon hunts: the Arcwing launcher from your dojo. The reason you want to have the Arcwing launcher is so that you can get around quickly on the plains of Eidolon. You want to be able to get from place to place really quickly because when you're fighting the Eidolons, if you don't capture them, if you don't trap them, they will move around the map. And you know Plains, the Plains of Eidolon is a big map. You also need to find it quickly when you first go in there. So having an Arcwing is really the best and most effective way of being able to help there so you can find that Eidolon quickly. Secondly, and this one is a hat tip to Mothhop in the Discord, lock pins from your dojo are also really useful because in order to be able to trap and capture the Eidolons, you need to have lures. And you'll see the lures, you've probably encountered them when you've gone to different Grenier camps across the plains of Eidolon. They're floating, they look like weather balloon weird things, I don't know what they are. They're floating little machines, and if you capture them, you can use those to hold and trap the Eidolon. So, if you use your lock pins, you can mark different places, different bases on the map so that you can quickly go and get lures. <laughs> you can quickly go and get yourself some lures. Also mark where Cetus is on the map as well. That's just a basic tip, but hey, it's a freebie for you. Anyway, so those are two things that you need to get from your dojo. Another thing you really should have is a sniper rifle of some description. And it should be a sniper rifle that's going to do high crit or just high damage output, leaning towards radiation. So if you need to put an elemental damage on it, put radiation damage on it because that is the, that is the most effective against, uh, the Eidolon. It will do the most damage against the Eidolon. Status does not work on him. So of course there's the Rubico Prime, the Lanka, Vectus Prime also is pretty effective against him. If you can't get any of those, the base standard Vectus is pretty good. The Viper... Is it Viper Wraith? No, what's it called? Oh man, I've forgotten what it's called. I used to love that weapon so much. It's a Wraith Sniper. <laughs> that one is also really good, and I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head right now. So there's a few good sniper rifles that you can use. I recommend you build a couple up with radiation damage on it so that you can take out the Eidolon parts at the right time it's also good to make sure when you're playing with others play with friends you can play with strangers if you want but they probably aren't going to appreciate someone who doesn't know what they're doing depends ask in um ask in region chat see if someone wants to help you but if you are playing with friends use a microphone so that they can tell you i'm going for the left knee i'm going for the right knee whatever it is the faster you can take them down the better now if you have done the wall within then you need to do two things one you need to figure out how you can quickly use your amp. Now, I chose my words carefully there because I don't want to give away any spoilers. So you can use your amp. It takes time to be able to use your amp. So figure out how you can quickly uh, use that so that you can 
help. Also figure out how you can avoid certain types of damage. That's something that, again, reading between the lines, hopefully you'll be able to figure out. The other thing is, if you can, if you have any uh, status with the Ostron, see if you can build a better amp. Not the Ostron, the Quills. Uh, and you'll need to do that by taking down all of, or as many of the little dudes, the little Vomvalists, as you can. On the Plains of Eidolon, they will give you Eidolon Shards. Not Eidolon Shards. Sen- sentient Cores? Sentient Cores. Sentient Cores, yes. They give you Sentient Cores. Uh, so the, you collect a bunch of Sentient Cores, and you can use those to rank up with the Quills. Build a better amp, because the one you get from the wall within is crappy poopy poop poop so you want a better one if you want to be effective so that's all i'm going to say about uh, as a beginner topic for eidolon hunts when can you do it you can do it pretty much from any time you can uh, access the uh, planes of eidolon really but are you going to be any help whatsoever no so if you want to be a good help do at least these things and then you can help and then one day we'll do some an advanced topic all on the Eidolon hunt. Yay! How to. We'll get there. All right. Anything else you want to add, Lucas? Beginners? Uh, the DiQ is also a viable option for weapons. Ooh. Yep. There you go. I was not aware yep. of that. Now I am. Because I don't like bows. But that's just me. Eh. <laughs> advanced. Advanced. All right. So because things have been a little bit hectic this last week, uh, it's only a small one. So... Let's just jump straight on in. Tired of playing the same style over and over again? Starting to see that metagaming leads to the same results every time? Wanting some weird, wacky way of changing up how you take down the corpus? Well, if you answered no to all of these, then you're in denial and you need this even more. Today we bring you all the info on the niche set of mods that are the Aero set. Now the bonus this set offers has its place as a fun CC setup. Uh, If you damage enemies while aim gliding, then upon landing, you will put up to five of them to sleep for a total of nine seconds if you're using all three mods. Now that that's out of the way, let's look at the individual stats. Starting here with Aero Vantage, which is the Warframe mod for this set. This mod gives plus 100% reduced gravity while you aim glide for that extra floatiness. That could even be helpful with certain uh, Riven requirements. Maybe? This mod is located in the Jupiter Disruption node as a reward during Rotation B with an 11.11% reward chance. In addition, it may also be obtained from any of the 17 Amalgam or Demolist enemies at the low drop rate of 0.87% chance. Yay! Love small numbers. (laughs) Next in batting order, we have Error Periphery. This mod is specifically for primary weapons and grants negative 50% zoom while aim gliding. And unlike overview, this mod is usable on sniper rifles and bows. This mod can also be found in the Jupiter Disruption node with an 11.11% drop rate during rotation A or from any of the 17 Amalgam and Demolist units at a average of 5.4% drop rate. So that's a lot better, but still not great. And the last of the trio is Aero Agility. This one is built for sniper rifles, very specifically sniper rifles. 
This mod increases reload speed by 100% whilst aim gliding. Unlike the other two mods, this one can only be acquired from the disruption on Jupiter as a reward from Rotation C with a 10% drop rate. Now, I did mention this was a very niche set, uh, and in my personal opinion, it would work very, very well with Zephyr and the Comorex sniper rifle, specifically for that explosive viral slug that it fires. So if you're looking for a way to change things up, then look no further than this bizarre set for all your floaty needs. <laughs> very good. Very good. I like it. I like it a lot. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> you are channeling your inner TV ad. Yep. <laughs> Infomercial. <laughs> nice one. Alrighty. So moving on to the regular stuff for the week. First up, what do we have, Lucas? We have... Love letters to Disco Box. And again, there was none. Killing me softly with no love letters. Anyway. Yeah, I really need some love letters. I am feeling like uh, there's not enough love letters to Disco Box in my life. So what is love letters to Disco Box? If you've forgotten, send Disco Box, the wonderful, wonderful gentleman who does the intros and outros for our podcast, uh, a love letter to tell him how much you love his voice and how much it uh, turns you on, if you like, or just makes you happy, makes you get through your day, because life's hard. Soothes the soul. Disco Box's voice soothes the soul, indeed. So send it to at Disco underscore Box on Twitter. Tell him all about it. Make sure you copy at Cephalon Squared on there so that we can see it and laugh and giggle to ourselves. If you think that, oh, but Disco Box is probably such a nice guy, he doesn't deserve it. Yes, he does. <laughs> Trust me, he is one of my best friends. It makes me laugh more than anyone else, and he is a good guy. He's He's been enjoying them. So <laughs> keep it up, good people. We love you. All right. Community call out. Yeah. Yeah. Reviews update. So we got no new reviews this week, which made me a little bit sad again. But, you know, what can you do? Well, we did we did get one from Cannibal Kiwi on um, CastBox. He said something nice, but Cannibal Kiwi's already given us a review, so we can't double up. I can't cheat like that. But Aww. thank you, Cannibal. <laughs> we love you. I'm doing a little love heart symbol. You can't see it, but I'm doing it just to you. <laughs> Uh, so we're still at 91. We need nine more reviews to get to the big hundred, and that way we can uh, try to take over the world. <laughs> Already done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we've got a US review. Would you like to do it, Lucas? I would love to read this. I'm probably going to butcher this name. So iTunes US review, jo Jan Janiha. Saved me a lot of trouble by listening. Five star. I have a question. I heard this guy had put over 100 former into an Ember Warframe. How is that even possible? I thought there were only so many slots you could former. By the way, I absolutely love all the great info. I haven't listened to any of the lore cast yet because I don't want to ruin the game. Please keep this up. I would love to hear more details about the Eidolon captures. I get the basics of the kill, but not too keen on the difference with a capture. Thanks. Thank you, John Eha, Jonah, Jonah, whatever your name may be. So. Some people have put over 100 former into Ember. Rahatalius, or however you say his name, has put over 1,000 former into Vorbin. So, <laughs> it is possible to do... Yes, there are only 8 slots that you can former. Well, no, there's more than that on a Warframe, isn't there? 
There's eight, yeah. ten. Uh, there's ten, ten slots uh, that you can former, but you can always former them again and change the polarity again. So you can former things as many times as you like. It's just your own time you're wasting, really. Yeah. <laughs> we did touch on Eidolons. Did you want to cover the captures? Uh, I can. I can. I can. Do so that, I mentioned. I guess. Yeah, I mentioned that you can use lures to slow them down. Yeah. So yeah, the the lures actually have a, a deeper purpose. By using two lures on the first uh, tridolon, you can actually capture him once defeated. So if as long as they're close by and still alive, uh, they will actually absorb his essence instead and then explode, giving you additional rewards, which is always great. Uh, and then for the la- the other two, it is uh, three lures per eidolon. Exactly. And you do need to make sure that the lures are charged up. How do you charge them up? They absorb vomvolists. Yes. Yeah, so, so you got to you got to break down the vomvolists from their uh, their physical form down to their ethereal form, and if they get close to one of the lures, the lure will suck them in and charge up off their power. And I, I think it's what like three to a to a charge. I think so, but you'll you'll know it's happened because it will go from yellow to blue. And then yep. it's charged. So that's how you do it. And you get better rewards with a capture. Much, much better. So, yeah. Capture. And capture you have, to, and you have to capture to go on to the t- uh, second and third. Exactly. You can't do Tridolon without capturing. All right. Thank you, Lucas. We also have a Dr. Cephalon. Dr. Cephalon. Dr. Cephalon. Dr. Cephalon, yeah. So this person says, Dear Dr. Cephalon, with the recent changes to some of the Warframes, Vorban seems to be mostly CC now. Even Grendel has abilities to take out enemies from the fight. Do you think CC is going to start playing a bigger part with the Liches coming? If so, how do we feel about it? I've only started playing a few months ago, and I come from World of Warcraft. As As limiting as it was to have one tank, one healer, three DPS, Part of me at times misses needing certain style of Warframes in missions. Now I feel as though if I form her enough, I can just face roll on my controller and still win. This came from Aslan, who was Stanojo from iTunes, who sent us a review a couple of weeks ago that made us... Uh, we didn't cry. No, we didn't, no, no, you no, cried. No, we are fine. <laughs> Lucas. So, Aslan, thank you. Interesting question. It is. Lucas is a big fan of CC. I love CC. CC is amazing. So that that's actually a very, very interesting uh, thing to look at because up until recently, CC has kind of been dying off and being replaced by nuking. Damage. Because, yeah, yeah because, uh, you know, as everyone is aware now, the best crowd control is to kill things. Mm-hmm. Death is the best crowd control. So- I'm I'm with you. I would love to see uh, certain um, certain roles being filled out, and crowd control is definitely one of them. So yeah, hell yeah, I'm down for that. Bring back crowd control. Make crowd control great again. <laughs> yeah, I think it's I think it's a good thing. Myself, Vorman was also always fairly CC. They're just making his CC more viable now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, I think I think that's a pretty astute observation, really, because the game has really changed, and you're a hundred percent right. In 
in the early and mid game, you feel like you need Frost, for example, to do defense missions, or you absolutely need to have... Fuck, what's another example? <laughs> <laughs> Limbo to do spy missions. And of course, we still use Limbo to do spy missions just because it's um, easy mode. Yeah. But you're absolutely right. If you form a something enough, it doesn't matter what you do. You can get through anything that the game throws at you. So it's... I do miss... we. There will be people out there that will argue that it's more efficient to do certain things in Warframe with certain frames. And it's hard to argue against that because it's true. It is more efficient to uh, take a, a good crew of specific Warframes into specific missions. But it's absolutely not necessary. Uh, so I think it would be good if the Warframes actually had their place and you know, you had different options, but you absolutely needed to take certain things to have certain abilities. I'd love for that to be back in the game. I really think that, I hope that will be back in the game when they return raids. But we'll see. Oh, yeah. Whether or not it will be uh, required for the liches. Mm. Personally, I don't think CC is going to matter that much with liches, but we'll see. We don't know how the fights are going to play out, but... I, I, I think it's still going to just be Yeah, damage. I mean, they, the, the fights themselves do look one-on-one, um, but who knows, they may throw ads at us, and if if the fights with the, the liches are as tough as the wolf, we're maybe? expecting at the moment, like, like the wolf, then you probably will want CC to kind of stop those ads yeah. Yeah, just to make the fight a little bit more bearable. Yeah, so very possibly. Excellent question. Really, really good question. Thank you for that, Aslan. Anything else to add, Lucas? Nope. Cool as. So that was episode 67 of Cephalon Squared. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. If you'd like to get in contact with us for any reason, head on over to cephalonsquared.com. There's a contact us page, or you can shoot us an email at cephalonsquared at gmail.com, and we will happily answer you. That's how Aslan got in touch with this Dr. Cephalon. Cephalon? Yeah, I'm pronouncing words Cephalon. differently. Uh, of course, on our page, you can also join our Discord and our Facebook groups, both awesome, fantastic communities with very, very helpful and just all-round wonderful people in both. Yeah, I can honestly say that yeah, we've made a few good friends in our Discord over the last year or so, so thank you to everyone, especially in the Discord, but also in the, the Facebook. Don't let me ignore those guys. Yeah, so join, become one of us. Join the collective. One of us. One of us. All right, let's thank the patrons. Let's do it. Thank you, Rathok. Thanks, Jellybean1799. Thank you, Lord Frizon. Thanks, Logan Neal. Thank you, Danathan. And thank you, Solarian. So, if you like what we do here and you'd love to support us as well, head on over to cephalonsquared.com forward slash support. There are a couple of different ways to do so. You can go to Patreon, of course, if you'd like to support us on a monthly by month by month basis. Otherwise, there's coffee if you'd just like to grab us a coffee and give us a pat on the back. Or if you're unable to do either of these things, it's as simple as giving us a rating on your podcast platform or sharing our stuff out on the interwebs wherever you'd like to. We really, really appreciate that. But we can't really ask for much more than the fact that you're already listening to us. So thank you so, so, so much. 
My name is Greg Newbigin. I am Mad Capsules all over the place. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri, and I am Silverlight all over the place. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Love the community. Still, you guys are always amazing, so keep up the job of being amazing. Love you. <laughs> Most definitively. And thank you to Jan at Disco underscore Box, of course, for the intro and outro with his delightful, delightful, velvety smooth voice. So make sure you get out there and tell him about it. And thank you to you for listening to yet another episode. We are Cephalon Squared, and we'll be back in a few days for whatever we decide to do instead of Titania this week. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye! Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.